0: Hook'em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the
1: horn. I woke up to the
0: morning sky first. Oh, 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 yes, sir. And yes, yes, ma'am, you had better. Get him up. up. Get them going. It's Monday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. What a weekend it was. Weather was pretty damn spectacular. ACL Fest 2. College football Saturday was tremendous. The NFL was wild yesterday and last night. One heck of a game one of the American League Championship Series. The All-Texas. The Texas-sized ALCS down in Houston. And the Texas Rangers put on one heck of a display of baseball baseball. Played a near-perfect game last night down in Houston. Beat the Astros 2-0. We will review and Go preview off. game two today. Also, the Cowboys tonight will wrap up a wild week six in the NFL. And then there were none. No more unbeaten teams in the National Football League. Who would have picked the uh, Cleveland Browns with a third-string quarterback? Beating the San Francisco 49ers yesterday. The Philadelphia Eagles suffered their first loss of the year as well. Uh, wild day of the NFL. Baseball, bet, football. And all things Monday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. That'll be the five-hour sports conversation today. It's Austin's only local morning sports conversation. However you find us, could be on 101.9 FM, could be AM 1260, of course. If you're old school, also digitally, find us on our Horn app. Download it to your smartphone, listen with the touch of a button wherever you are, all over the ATX, all over the state of Texas, and all over the world. On that Horn app, you can also find us on our website. Uh, watch it on Twitch at hornfm.com or listen there. Also on our YouTube channel, Always cranking there on our uh, at the Horn Austin on YouTube. A good way to find us as well. If you want to watch the proceedings each and every morning, and certainly this morning, the 16th of October, appreciate you being there however you find us. And uh, look who it is across the table. He is uh, the shutdown corner, holding down his side of the program five hours a day, five days a week from the uh, DBU, DB High, I should say, down in the 713. DBU right here in the 512. Four stops in the National Football League now. Uh, a proud papa of a, a young baby there at home. Also our football theorist, he is Blackstradamus himself. What's up, Rod Babers? How are you, man?
1: I'm doing great. I appreciate the intro as always, brother. And uh, yeah, man, a uh, lot of stuff to get to, a lot of great football to discuss. And of course, looking forward, uh, we got a preview, Texas versus Houston.
0: 20-point favorite, the Longhorns.
1: 20-point I don't like that. That's a big number. That's a
0: big number That's down a in a big Houston.
1: number in conference play, man. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that number. I'm I, I'm confident in the Longhorns. I'm not uh, trying to spread some type of uh, you know anxiety with the Longhorn fan base, but I'm just saying that's a big number. It is a big we'll number. We'll see. But the Longhorns, honestly, if they score in the red zone, they can easily hit that number. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if they score in but the red zone, a, they can hit a, that number. After uh,
0: six games in the books, that's a big if, though, because can they score in the red zone?
1: Uh, it becomes a challenge. And,
0: and I think we were taught again mm. over the weekend, you just never know. You just never know in the game of football. Ask Deion Sanders
1: <laughs> if you uh, uh, 29 points. Oh, I went 29. to bed,
0: Rod. I went to bed on Friday night. It was who 29. didn't? Who didn't go to bed? Who didn't go
1: to bed on that? Man, you wake up today. Actually, my wife was up uh, breastfeeding, and she watched the whole thing. And she was like, "Oh, this is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> she woke she, you up until you got to see this. She didn't wake me up. She was. I was like, "Why didn't you wake me up?" She was like, "No, nah, I mean, it was just great. I was just watching the game." I yeah, was that's up. the way the uh, college anyway. football weekend go. got going on Friday um, night. All but, right, shout out to those who serve. Of course, before we get started, we always got to do this, and I'm proud to do it. We are proud to do it. Uh, shout out to those who serve our society built on the selflessness of service. Uh, for those who serve in any capacity, God, country, and community, we appreciate you and want to let you know that. First responders, soldiers, uh, uh, you know, police officers, the uh, teachers, the nurses, all of you, waste management, all of you out there. We can't name uh, all of you, uh, but we appreciate you and want you to know that. So uh, all those who serve up early like we are, uh, once again, shout out to you.
0: Yeah, several Go Rangers texts already on the uh, text line at hey. 447-3776. Hard to argue with that. I mean, you and I are both on the Astros' side of this, but uh, Ty Henderson through the glass. Uh, Ranger fans across the board mm-hmm. have to be feeling good about that performance last night. Let's get to those headlines, get you caught up, news of the morning. Uh, it's a busy one for sure, as usual, on a Monday. Let's get to uh, the headlines. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the news. Yeah, we'll start with the baseball thriller of a game one in that All-Texas American League Championship Series last night in Houston. No surprise, but there were some surprises in a matchup packed with All-Stars. It was a trio of unheralded Rangers that will push Texas to a 2 nothing win and a one nothing advantage in the best-of-seven series. The 21-year-old rookie Evan Carter just turned 21 at the end of August. He doubled-scored in the second. Hustling double, by the way, there, and then scored the uh, first run of the game. He also made a pair of tremendous defensive plays in left field. And the Rangers' nine-hole hitter, Leodi Tavares, hit a solo homer in the fifth off of Justin Verlander to provide all the offense Texans would need. That's because of left-hander Jordan Montgomery, who got the game-one start, out Houston's uh, future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander in a 2 nothing win. Rangers' other trade deadline acquisition, of course, they got Max Scherzer, then acquired Montgomery from Seattle, or excuse me, St. Louis. He handcuffed the Astros for 6-2 and thirds, struck out 6, allowed just 5 singles. Montgomery in the uh, Ranger bullpen didn't allow a hit over the final 5 innings for a happy manager, Bruce Bochy.
1: Both sides,
0: uh, great pitching. Uh, we just found a way to get a couple of runs across the board and, and that was a difference in the game obviously, but uh, Um, You know, our guy was really good, Monty, uh, uh, terrific job he did. uh, He got in a couple jams there and found a way to get out of it. So I thought it'd be a low-scoring game. Guys played well. Our defense uh, was outstanding tonight. The kid Carter, I mean, what a game he had out there. And Marcus uh, at the end there, great play on that that, uh, ball coming in. So, you know, we played well. It certainly did. Game two today. Rangers are still undefeated in the postseason. Uh, game two this afternoon. Nathan Evaldi will get the start for Texas for Amber Valdez in a big spot for Houston. Also tonight, game one of the National League Championship Series in Philadelphia. That's where the Phillies will host the Arizona Diamondbacks. L.A. tonight uh, in Los Angeles. That'll be week six wrapping up with Monday Night Football. Three and two Cowboys facing the two and two L.A. Chargers on Monday Night Football. Coming off a wild Sunday where the final two unbeaten teams in the league lost as heavy favorites while the Houston Texans moved back to 500. In Cleveland, it was the San Francisco 49ers having their regular season win streak snapped at 15 when rookie kicker Jake Moody missed a 41-yard field goal with six seconds to go. That gave the Cleveland Browns down to their third quarterback, P.J. Walker. A completely unexpected 1917 win. Philadelphia Eagles suffered their first loss of 2023 as well as the New York Jets forced four Eagle turnovers, including three Jalen Hurts interceptions, a third of which led to a brief hall eight-yard touchdown run with one forty-six to go. Gave the Jets a 20-14 win. Down at NRG Stadium in Houston yesterday, rookie quarterback CJ Stroud threw for 199 yards and two touchdowns, while the Texans defense stood tall. Houston approved a three-and-three with a 20-13 win. Over the New Orleans Saints, we'll get a full week six recap throughout the course of uh, Hook'em Up this morning. College football, with a pair of top ten teams falling on Saturday, the Texas Longhorns bumped up a spot to number eight in this week's AP Top 25 while enjoying the week off. Oregon fell. In the game of the week, the now 5th-ranked Washington, while 10th-ranked USC went down at 15th-ranked Notre Dame. Oklahoma was off as well. They dropped a spot to six. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State occupy that top four. Washington, as we mentioned, is five. Longhorns, by the way, have opened as a 20-point favorite for this Saturday afternoon's game at the University of Houston. Also, major props down in San Marcos. Texas State, they rallied with a pair of touchdowns in the final five minutes Saturday night to claw past Louisiana Monroe 21-20. to They improved to 5-2, and two, headed into their bye week. The Bobcats' first five-win season since 2014, and they still have five more to play. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Runners and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our
1: zero-turn mowers this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Just kept hearing you in my head yesterday about how, yeah, about how bad the Astros play at home. Yeah. I just, kept, I just kept thinking about it. I was like, he said they play bad at home. He kept talking about how they this year they just been bad at home. Or just haven't, haven't been as good at home. They've been better on the road, actually say. Much. Maybe not bad, just better on the road. Yeah. And they yeah, they didn't show up uh, in game 1. Haven't lost yeah. a game 1 in the ALC, ALCS since when? 2020?
0: Yeah, in mean, game 1, they're winners win about 64% of the time in these series and uh it, look, I mean, you just heard Bruce Bochy say it. I thought he summed it up pretty darn well. They they played great. I mean, I you know, when I say near-perfect game, I mean, they, you know, baseball, playoff baseball is about, you know, hitting mistakes and not making mistakes as a pitcher. I mean, Justin Verlander only made a couple. That's he up. pitched really well. But, uh, you That's know, the, the one he threw to Loyote Tavares was a pretty bad pitch over the heart of the plate. And Even though he's a nine-hole hitter, he smoked it into right field. And, um, gosh, I mean, Evan Carter, what can you say about a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid? You know, on Friday, uh, Rod, we talked to Gene Watson. Uh, our baseball insider, and he said, "You know what? A lot of times in these series, it's not the heavy names, it's not the big names, it's the uh, under undercard guys who step up and make big plays." And Evan Carter, who has just been an unbelievable addition to the Ranger lineup, I mean, a big name with
1: Rangers fans. I mean, <laughs> gosh, he's 20
0: years old when he comes up; he's 21 now, and um, you know, just a what a what a what a jolt. I mean, you know that that first inning single that kind of trickled off the glove of Jose Abreu for him to realize hey, wait a second, that, that that's one I can hustle and get a double out of to get into scoring position in the second inning? I mean, that's just a hustling play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, then you get a single from Jonah Heim, which also gets under the glove of Jose Abreu, and that ends up scoring the first run. So all of a sudden now Jordan Montgomery, your pitcher, is pitching with a lead. And, uh, boy, he was really good. I mean, he was really good. He struck out Jordan Alvarez three times, um, didn't make many mistakes. And when he when he did, the Astros didn't capitalize. And as I said, I mean, five singles. I mean, the Astros didn't have an extra base hit. They didn't have a run. They didn't have a hit from the fifth uh-huh. inning on.
1: The Rangers only trailed at the end of only one inning. Yeah. No, In the I mean, postseason they... this period. But I'm just saying this whole postseason, they've only trailed yeah. one inning this postseason. Well, that's how uh, good they've been. And that's why they've you been say near-perfect
0: game. <laughs> it wasn't a perfect game, 27 up, 27 down. But just the game plan. Just, just executing the game plan at a very high level. And you're right, the Astros didn't seem to have a lot of punch. But I think I give credit to the Rangers for that, for just a, a pitcher who... I thought, you know, when I, we left here on Friday the the, the scheduled starter with Nathan, was Nathan Ivaldi and uh they, they made the switch and I thought it was a smart move. We kinda handcuffed the Astros. I don't I mean somebody'll tell us when I don't Ty, tidy do you know when they changed it or did did it come down that they were going to with Montgomery over Ivaldi? I mean I, when we left here Friday everything I saw said it was Ivaldi to get the ball against against uh, Justin Verlander, a couple of hard throwing right handers. All of a sudden, I I look up last night because mm-hmm. I went to Denton this week. We we went up to up to Dallas to see my daughter and uh, nice. take some pictures. She's graduating we'll get... December, so we took some grad pictures mm-hmm. and just hung out with her. So nice. I like, got back and settled in to watch the game. And I'm like, oh wow, it's Jordan Montgomery getting the ball here, yeah. uh, crazy! And uh, he really he really kept the Astros off balance. He did a real good job. Uh, and of course, against that Astro lineup right now, Rod, you, you got to get through Yordan Alvarez. Got to deal with Kyle Tucker. Uh, those are probably the two biggest bats in the Astro lineup right now and um he did a great job neutralizing the two left-handers, the two guys in the middle of that order. Uh, they did very little. And then Evan Carter not only gets the hustling double and scores, but he also makes the play deep in the well in left field. Uh that turns out to be the double play on Jose Altuve which I mean that, that came after an Altuve mm-hmm. walk and that's how good the Ranger pitching was last night, Rod, because oh, yeah. That that that, that bullpen that seat, showed up. That that fe- felt like a rally, but all it was was a walk to Altuve. And that, that's playoff baseball. That's was just a, a walk that turns into a weird double play. But, you know, off the bat for Bregman, it kind of felt like, oh, oh there's the big shot the Astros were looking for. And uh, obviously wrong part of the park. Uh, the kid who's never played in that spot, never played in left field at Maid Park, makes a heck of a play and, um, you know, turns it into a double play and uh, just, you know, shifts the series. Now takes game one and now game two today, this afternoon,
1: Rod, becomes huge. Oh no! Because Huge. Rangers and the Rangers have been so good on the road. That, yeah, <laughs> you know they just and they just stole uh, home field advantage in this series. It is uh, it's scary what could be if the Rangers can, uh, like I said, can they've been so good on the road. Win game two on the road. You talked about how the Astros have been you know, subpar uh, at home. Under five hundred this year. Yeah, it's that's a scary thought. I will admit, as a as a <laughs> as a Nationals fan, that's a scary thought. Uh, shout out to my man CB. Shout out to CB who had a birthday too this festival. Happy weekend. birthday, Chris uh, Bennett. Chris yeah, Bennett. Yeah, CB on Twitter and text. He had a b day on Saturday, I believe. So happy b day uh, to my man CB out there. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm a limit. I'm a little nervous, and I guess I, CB he just wanted to send me the Rangers lucha libre mask. I guess I got to actually. He sent it to you. Remember, he said yeah. He sent it to us via Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, for the, to pay off the bet, I actually made the re, re I started considering this now after the way this series has started. Now, actually, I wasn't even considering it, I didn't even look at it. I just I was like, Oh, that would be really cool. Now, I gotta go look at it and see if they actually have my size. That's what I'm gonna do. There you go, Rangers fans. Got me that got me that paranoid. Gotta go check and see if they got my size. Well, to pay off the bet. Game one, that's big, man. It is big. It's that's a long
0: big. series, though. It's not a three or five game series. It's a seven game series. You know, go back to uh, remember when Houston was in the World Series with Washington several years ago, and not, a home team didn't win a game. The Astros lost two at home, went on the road and won all three in Washington, and then came home and lost two. That's just it's playoff baseball. I mean, I, they, this is a goes. long series. Both teams are ninety and seventy-two on the year. They're very even, uh, as we talked about. But and you f- talked
1: about how streaky the Rangers are, and they're, they're Yeah, streaking. well, they're streaking. They're streaking. streaking. <laughs> they're streaking. <laughs> I mean, they're streaking right
0: now. That's, well, that's, I mean, that's no doubt about that. If you include playoffs, Houston is now forty and forty-four at home this year. Forty and forty-four. They're one and two in playoff baseball this year. They were uh, it, they were thirty-nine and forty-two in the regular season. So they're forty and forty-four at home. They're, you know, 21 games over 500. So that, you know, even if they were to lose today, Houston's not going to panic. Same time, Rangers took a big advantage, and uh, Jordan Montgomery was outstanding. And, yeah, Max Scherzer will start game three. I mean, the Rangers are in a really good spot here. Um, but, you know, to to be the best, you got to beat the best. And that's where, you know, Texas has the the challenge of winning three more games against this Houston team and, and keeping them down. But they accomplished mission number one, and they got uh, great performances from some unheralded players. Unheralded as far as like the big picture. We all knew Evan Carter is off to a a great, great start to his career, and Leota Tavares is a really good player. Uh, But man, um, great game. It says stupid base running. Yeah, Altuve. Altuve's got to get his foot back on the bag. I just got crossed up. Yeah. And I think he was, like everybody, kind of surprised that he made the catch. And if you've ever been to Maid Park, that's a, you know, the the depth perspective is weird because you've got, it it goes into that corner, and then you've got the fence there, and you, you can see into the bullpen. I don't know that Al- Altuve saw it real good, and all of a sudden, kid comes down with it. I think he was expecting that to b- bounce off the wall, and he was just trying to, you know, get himself in position to score, you know, a big run in that spot. Um, but instead, obviously, he crossed back over and didn't touch the bag. It was I was an obvious play, and um, but once once he you know took back, he had to go uh, and hope he hope he didn't get seen, but give yeah. Marcus semi a lot of credit. Uh, the Ranger second base was looking right down uh, and called for the review immediately. And uh, that was a big double play, but really the yeah. Astros didn't mount much of again. They didn't have a hit. They didn't have a, Yeah, I say Astros a, didn't have a hit from the fifth anymore. Yeah.
1: They didn't have any offense. What they have? Uh, seven base runners.
0: Seven base runners. Five singles. No. Five singles. And three of those singles came in one inning, when the bottom of the <laughs> order um, had three straight singles against Jordan Montgomery, and that brought Martin Martine Maldonado to the plate, the light hitting catcher we talked about, and his key key part for the Astros offense or d- pitching and defense. Uh, He came to the plate and with two outs, and you know that was it. That was really the biggest rally the Astros had. Once, once Montgomery pitched out of that, uh, it was pretty easy skating for the Ranger pitching staff. So, uh, Rangers take game one. Wild weekend uh, and wild weeks coming. Normally Monday, Monday, Rod, we kind of got to take a deep breath. Not today. We got two baseball games, including a a big one in Houston, and and, Monday night football and the Cowboys on Monday night football. And after watching Sunday in the NFL.
1: Who knows? So, the NFL is so unpredictable. Who knows? The Browns with a backup quarterback, a third-string How's quarterback.
0: It? They're down to PJ Walker. He the played XFL. He, star. he
1: played pretty well in in clutch time, too. Actually, uh, I watched the end of that game and Brock Purdy without Debo and without Christian McCaffrey. Remember, this was the concern for all. I kept bringing it up. I don't. I didn't want to jinx it, but it's just you don't see Christian McCaffrey get that kind of workload early in the season. I don't know what the injury is. I'm sure, I hope it's not serious. I'm sure it's not that serious, but it's an man, oblique. Oblique. Yeah. So I don't know how serious an oblique can be. Can you? Is it a pain thing? Can you know? What I mean, I got. I don't know. I got to do some research on oblique injuries. But
0: well, you used to have really good abs. If you have abs, you can strain your oblique. If you don't, yeah. if you're like tying and me, we don't have abs. You, we're good.
1: was i to say, I don't know Probably how. on that. I don't know how much it is going to affect his performance, but. And my concern was that he was being the usage and the the workload was way too high early on, and an injury with Christian McCaffrey is almost inevitable anyway. Um, so I don't know if that that hurt it or anyway, but um, Debo Samuel being also out was a, was a big blow to them. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. and Cleveland has a really good defense, and I gave you the stat last week, Rod, about Jim Haslett. Yeah, you did, man. That's so weird. Like Jim I don't care. Jim Haslett is if if there's kryptonite for your guy Shano, Jim Haslett. Is I mean he's the defensive coordinator, but he's been the defensive coordinator in a lot of stops.
1: Losing oh. Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey hurts too, but you're it, right.
0: It does. He's got it, some kind of right. he's got I don't want to say book on Kyle Shanahan in that offense, but No, he, you're right. The the Niners had scored thirty or more points in every game. Every game.
1: Historically so.
0: And now they're playing a third string quarterback at a lousy Cleveland and all of a sudden they're in a dog fight. And obviously we'd be talking different if the, the the rookie kicker makes a kick that he needs to make, right? It's forty one yards. That's a very makeable well within his
1: range. Yeah. Uh,
0: you make that <clears throat> kick. and <throat> but their nerves. That's one of those survive on the road kind of things in the NFL. Instead, he misses it. And uh, Brock Purdy suffers his first loss as a starter in a game in which he started it and finished. And um, the 15 game regular season win streak is over. Now, McCaffrey doubtful or, or in question as far as his health. Debo Samuel suffered a uh, shoulder injury, I believe it was. This uh, is for- the
1: concern with the 49ers, always has been. Staying healthy, yeah, exactly. And they have a lot of depth. They do, but when they lose their frontline guys, they don't have that. Not, they don't have that distance, that separation between them and, and the rest of the league. The rest of the league can kind of catch up to them because if you don't have Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel, you know they're not as multiple. They're they're not. As, they, they can be that. They don't have that shape shifting element <laughs> to their offense like they usually do. So I I hope it's not for a long time, but the 49ers may be regressing to the mean a little bit too. And then you see the, the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Jets. Who uh, and the, I can't really predict that either because the Jets right now are playing pretty well. They have a new formula now post Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers walking around without crutches? I don't know what what's going on there either. He said he was ahead of schedule. I, I don't know if he's trying. He keeps he, saying he's coming back. I don't know if he's coming back this year. I've Never
0: seen my come back with a, a Achilles injury, but uh, he's he says he's going to try to get back. And they're three and three now. I mean, you know, they're certainly. Keeping themselves afloat with their defense. That's the second game their defense has won for them. Because um, remember the Bills game. Remember yeah. the Bills game where they they forced all of the four four turnovers of mm-hmm. the Bills and Josh Allen. Yep. That they won Week One on Monday Night Football. That crazy finish. This one was all defense, right? I mean they they gained 240 total yards in the game, but the the three interceptions of Jalen Hurts. The 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 last one being just a inexplicable throw by Jalen Hurts late that led to a Brees Hall touchdown run. And They score eight fourth quarter points. They held the Eagles without a point in the second half after falling behind. Uh, so the Jets find a way to win, and and then there were none. Rod, don't that's want beaten teams in the National Football League. Yeah,
1: no, that's a, this is the way the NFL wants it. The NFL. Right? The NFL doesn't. They want parity. They don't want a lot of teams separated. And some of the losses are by the uh, the upper tier teams in the NFL they're all they're almost unexplainable. Yeah, like they're just got kind of unbelievable losses. Uh that obviously we just talked about the 49ers and you know the the Eagles, but there are a lot of those types of losses all around the league. From you know, the Bills have losses like that. Yeah. All the really good teams have this kind of strange weird losses already on their resume. You
0: know that 72 Dolphins perfect season team that may never nah may never get touched. I mean obviously had the 08 Patriots that made the run to the Super Bowl undefeated, and then lost to the Giants. But uh, yeah, uh, crazy stuff in the NFL. We'll get to the college football Saturday as well, which did not include the Longhorns. It did include maybe the game of the year. I mean, gosh, Rod, you know, Oregon Washington, Oregon Washington was, was great. That was uh, that was watched the whole game. That game was phenomenal.
1: It was a great game. That was. was a
0: great game. On the heels of Texas Oklahoma, which you had these, you know, uh, two rivals, both you know top ten caliber teams, went, went at it at the Cotton Bowl. This game in Seattle was uh, Dan Mullen. I think lost his or Dan Mullen. Dan uh, Lanning. Dan Dan Lanning, the yeah. coach of Oregon, kind of lost his mind a little bit. Felt like me going for going for it on
1: fourth down over and over again. That, you know what? I support it. It, it. You know, it didn't work out for
0: him. <laughs> it didn't so work that, out. It blew up in his face. Well, more than even the end of game fourth down because he got the ball back. But the the not taking field goals at the end of the yeah. first half. I felt like, man, take your points here. This is a this is a big game here. Get your points. You know, and obviously in the in hindsight, those were six big points that he didn't take in the first half. Uh but man Washington Rod you talked his, about them I
1: think his 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 um aggressive you know a nature was all about trying to keep up with Washington I think he knew that offense is just too explosive even you know and I think Oregon actually if you look at all three phases and we talked about this look at their roster they may be better constructed than Washington overall as a team and hell it's pretty damn close uh 36 33 but Washington's offense whew, Man, they have the ability to score. That's, this is what kind of Sark wants. They Their deep ball, I think it's probably the most effective deep ball in college football that I've seen. I mean, it can, they can hit you at any time from any formation, any point on the field. And Michael Penix Jr. just has a laser-like accuracy on on some of his deep balls. And that's really how they separate. I think they hit on like four of those things in a game. Well just chunk yardage shots down
0: the field. It's really interesting to me. After that game was over, 36-33. Washington of course Oregon misses the field goal at the end that would have sent it to overtime um and then the the, the field storming and whatnot in Seattle uh, I thought he's going to make that field goal. I thought we were going to OT and getting some extra football in that one but uh it was Andy Staples I believe at the athletic.com I was reading yesterday rod mm. compared it to the the 2020 2019 game when when Joe burrow and LSU beat Tua and and Alabama in an absolute shootout like 46 to 40. And it was just same kind of game. Like Bo Nix was amazing on one side. Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Michael Penix had 200 yard receivers, 100 yard rusher, and they survived go. that game. After that game, remember LSU. Had, of course, they had beaten Texas early in the year that year for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. They beat Alabama, and then they just rolled. Then they just rolled to the national championship. You kind of wonder if Washington is in that kind of kind of spot after getting through that game, surviving probably the best team they're going to face in the regular season. It's still the Pac-12, and anything yeah. can happen. And they still got some tough games. Got to play you USC. Got shoot
1: out with USC. That's going to be phenomenal. November fourth. USC doesn't have. They're one-phase team. They are. They,
0: <laughs> they were a mess for Ew. Lincoln Riley yeah. in Notre Dame on, on Saturday.
1: Oh, man. It looked but, terrible.
0: But they got to go to USC in November. Then they got to play Oregon State, Utah. I mean,
1: Utah might be tough if Kevin Rodgers is yeah. back.
0: but there's something about that team. And you're right, man. Michael Penix, a yeah, 60 year player at quarterback, playing in the same system. Remember, he was at Indiana mm-hmm. with Kalen DeBoer, the yep. head coach, As who was the, the, the offensive OC. coordinator. He took the Washington job, and Penix followed him. So, kind of like Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, right? point has been playing in that system his whole life. So yeah. he is really comfortable. He's got a couple of NFL receivers on that team and they were that was a lot of fun. That was a, that was a really fun football and he's game. He's
1: played in the system, but he's been in college a while cuz he's had multiple injuries, right? Yeah, the, the knee injury. The knee injury. So in terms of the mental reps like yeah, it, it, we talked about talk about how Dylan Gabriel is more comfortable in his system than anybody else. This may be the only uh counterpart to that. Maybe the only argument against it that no no, actually Michael Penix Jr. Um, he actually may be more comfortable in his system than Dylan Gabriel and his, but you're right. It it may be both of those guys, and he plays like it. Um, I I we we saw it up close and personal in the Alamo Bowl. Um, but he man, those receivers. He might have the best group of wire. It, I don't know if they. You know, compared to Ohio State, but it's one of the best group of wide receivers in the country too.
0: Yeah, and that's what that that's where the 100
1: yard receivers. That's how
0: the LSU comparison yeah, comes in because right. it was Joe Burrow throwing to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Great point. Uh, a couple of dudes yeah. who are now stars in the NFL, and they were unstoppable. And you know, uh, and they didn't have
1: a dominant defense. LSU's defense wasn't dominant. It was a it was a playmaking defense that complemented the offense, but they it was the offense that led the way. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean,
0: Michael Penix, like Dylan is twenty three years old. I mean, he's been in college football for a long time, <laughs> five or six years, yeah. and he's just a real veteran player. And um, yeah, that's interesting because back to back weekends, the game of the game of Saturday was was Oklahoma beating Texas, even though Texas kind of was their own worst enemy. Oregon probably outplayed Washington big picture in that game as far as you know all phases, but then the fourth down decisions by the head coach and the missed field goal at the end ends up being a Washington victory. And then now we can already look forward to this weekend, Rod. Where you got Penn State and Ohio State?
1: Yeah, all of Texas in a,
0: in, a, in a three versus six matchup. That's what I'm
1: saying. These big time marquee matchups. Now Texas doesn't have a marquee matchup left on their schedule. If you're a Longhorn fan and you taking care of, the you know, Longhorns are taking care of business, you're going to watch. And Texas at number eight right now, I believe. You're going to watch Great. a lot of big time teams just start to fall to, off and drop right. and drop down. And Oklahoma, they I think Oklahoma may end up unscathed as well, just because the Big Twelve is so down this year. I think it's collision course for Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game if Texas takes care of business.
0: Got to take care of business. And you're right, being the the highest-ranked one-loss team oh, has man. its advantages because everybody in front of you is going to play some tough games here coming and, uh,
1: you're you'll down see, with your tough games.
0: Yeah, you're done. T- well, you should well,
1: be. You should be. These guys <laughs> are based on the projections and the rankings. I'm will say that i not trying to be cocky and arrogant. I'm just saying the Big 12 is a little down this year.
0: Yeah, well, being yeah. a 20-point favorite on the road this week, as we said, Texas, like will be, Texas will be a double-digit favorite every that. game the rest of the year.
1: I didn't say 20-something. That's crazy. 20-something. Like
0: That's three touchdowns.
1: Come on, man. That's 21. That's maddening off the stick. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. For U of H.
0: Uh, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll get some Texas thoughts. Obviously, college football thoughts coming out of the weekend. Uh, Cal boys looking forward to tonight's big game and of course baseball astros rangers game two rangers take game one last night a near perfect execution of a game plan last night for your texas rangers they win it two nothing all things we're going to talk about all morning long five hours a day five days a week right here on austin's only local morning sports conversation it took them up aaron hogan rod papers austin texas sports the Horn. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. What was good for you? Weather was phenomenal. ACL Fest round two. What uh, it chilly outside. It was nippy. Washington, it was cold. It was nippy this morning. I told you we went to, to Denton. My daughter goes to North Texas. She'll graduate in December, and so we went up oh, there yeah. to do some some photos for her. And she she's a mm-hmm. class of twenty twenty, Rod. So she didn't she didn't get to do grad photos as a senior in high school because of Oh, it's COVID. COVID, That's yeah. Right. So yeah, you know, she's she's uh, on the fast track. But so yeah, we went up and. Uh, my wife's sister is a photographer, so she took a bunch of pictures. And, nice. But it was cold. It was, it was I mean, we were. It was so uh, yesterday morning. Changes?
1: The outfit changes and stuff? Yes, outfit oh, changes. that was a
0: serious photo shoot then. Well, because uh, oh, the photographer wanted to do it in the morning because it's better light. Lighting, little, little, yeah, A little better light. But mm-hmm. so it was like 50 degrees. Your boys <laughs> out there, too, cuffing bags and carrying bags and stuff. It's cold. It was not good. I didn't dress for it. I, I didn't take enough clothes up there. Oh, man. It was colder even up, uh, up north than it was here. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, it was. But you know, we'll take it after the uh, the summer we've had and the, uh, the oh man the temperatures. If you're out at ACL fest this weekend, it's had
1: to be. See, that's what I hate about that. Why is the weather is great for ACL then people? It was still hot out there. I went. Was it? It, was it was still hot? hot? Yes. Oh really? It was like eight, was it it? Wasn't it was, hot. I I Friday wore, was Friday I, was uh, Saturday when I went. It was oh so I you wore, were lost?
0: I, I wore a like flannel pull like over myself. Okay. And I had to take it off because I was sweating too much.
1: You would have and lost a bit. was the dusty bet. As hell, too. Weren't you yeah. supposed to stay inside all weekend yeah, and I'd, relax?
0: I didn't on ah! Friday or Saturday.
1: We so. knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Ty didn't
0: sleep at all. He said he was going to stay in the house all weekend. He said no. he was going to
1: stay in the house and relax. Now he's an ACL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love how you went from sleep not to just going out and having some drinks. You went to one of the biggest music festivals in the world. Right. <laughs> you went from I'm gonna stay at home and sleep to going to ACL.
0: I got offered a free ticket. i to take it up. No, it's hey, great.
1: I love it. That's why I'm saying we got we live vicariously through you now. We do,
0: we That's do, great. we do. We're, you're holding babies, I'm doing, <laughs> doing yeah, dad right. stuff. Yeah, you're doing photos, photos. photo shoots
1: with the I'm daughter like the, and the I'm family. like the roadie.
0: I'm the, the, the road tech for the <laughs> photographer. Oh, uh freezing my you know what's off. Ty's out there at ACL. I, I'm assuming it was dusty because you know it's been so dry and the grass was not really green before the first ACL weekend, and I'm, it gets trampled down. I'm over now.
1: ACL. I don't know. There's Too Together. many people there now. I'm over
0: yeah, it. it's Done. It's crowded, but it's it wasn't it's boring time. Was, let me just say it wasn't as hot as it could have been. It was could have been right. It could have been hotter. Yes. Temperatures in the uh, the the low set low 80s or low 70 high 70s. That's not too bad. But uh, so yeah, weather was great. College football was really fun on Saturday with that Washington Oregon game. One of the games of the year coming off Texas Oklahoma the week before.
1: Hey, North Carolina. I know. That's shout the out one to team. to Matt Brown. On the Could good be, side. Shout and, out to and you know they're
0: still 10th. Like they're undefeated and they're behind Texas.
1: When Matt gets a quarterback, we know that's when Matt's teams are really good. It's kind of a quarter, quarterback-centric model. When yeah. he gets him a good one, watch out for Matt.
0: North Carolina still a good one. people sleeping on that team for sure, but they're one of the undefeateds and uh, uh behind one-loss Texas, uh, but they moved up to number 10 this week. So Keep an eye on them. Also on the uh, good side of or the bad side of college football? How about Lincoln Riley's team? How about USC? Just Man, is, disintegrating. Looked,
1: I don't know what happened to Caleb Williams. He just that was
0: that was ugly. I don't think I've ever Freeman, seen him
1: play that bad.
0: Well, they just they're just <laughs> physical. I mean, this goes back to Lincoln Riley and the physicality of his team or lack thereof. Uh, they just got punched in the mouth. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because Notre Dame is beatable. We've seen that. Notre Dame. Yeah, they lost they're, to Louisville the week not... <laughs> before, and Duke had them on the ropes. And but,
1: you're, but you're right, they are physical. That's one of their traits. Very physical. Assets.
0: Yeah, and that's not a USC's trait. Uh, so that was on the bad side and the ugly side. The you mentioned you went to bed, I went to bed Friday night. Oh man, Dion Sanders in Colorado.
1: Oh man,
0: Dion. That was twenty nine to nothing, and they lose to Stanford. How? And I a, still got to
1: watch that. I haven't seen it. How seventeen
0: happen? penalties, Rod? Seventeen hmm. penalties for Colorado, undisciplined. I thought some bad coaching decisions by Dion late in that game. If go back and watch it and uh, look at the look at the uh, the play by play. Um, you know, and they allowed a single guy like Travis Hunter got taken to school by the the kid for Stanford, the receiver who didn't have a single catch at halftime, and ended up with like thirteen catches for two hundred and whatever yards and three touchdowns. They just started attacking um, with one wow. player, and then could let let Colorado kind of self destruct
1: yeah. in that game. In a meltdown like that, you know, you have a twenty nine point lead and end up losing that game. That would mean that at every level. Every level of your team, yep. every phase of your team had to break have to have breakdowns, like massive breakdowns. and I'm serious sure what happened. Coaching too, by the way. Yeah, coaching, coaching,
0: coaching, Yeah, the penalties yeah. were big, and there was one that there was a penalty where they accepted a penalty they shouldn't have late in the game. But that that instead of mm. instead of making it fourth down, and 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 they ended up pushing it back, and they ended up converting. It was it, you know everything has to go right for Stanford, and everything has to go wrong for Colorado to blow a twenty nine point lead at home and essentially, did. and it did. <laughs> uh, that was ugly. That it's was fun. ugly. U G L Y. Uh, also on the good side, the Rangers really good last night. I mean, you talk about a textbook example of playoff baseball. The Rangers executed that to a T last night against the Astros in Houston, as they got a great start start from Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. The bullpen was locked down. Five singles, no extra base hits for Houston, and the Rangers got some uh, big performances from un- unheralded players, and Evan Carter and Leody Tavares. and uh, they were outstanding last night in Game One. Game Two coming up. It'll come at you fast, Rod. Game Two today. 3 o'clock.
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm a little nervous. Not going to lie to you, I'm a little nervous. It's clutch time. This is, well, the this question is clutch here is, time for the Astros, you man. You kind of
0: know what you're getting with Nathan Ivaldi. I think the Astros kind of like seeing the heat better. I mean, you know, Jordan Montgomery more of a, a crafty left-hander. He's not mm-hmm. overpowering by any stretch, but he executed a great game plan for Texas. But um, you know, Nathan Ivaldi has been an absolute – he's an all-star this year. But the Astros kind of like the, the hard-throwing – Guys, more. Let's hope so. But uh, Framber Valdez—that'll be the big question. Which Framber do you get? Because there's been really good Framber this year, but then there's been really bad Framber. Framber (laughs) Valdez, the Astro starter, Data Rod last year was Mister Consistent, right? He was just quality start, quality start, quality start. This year, he's been feast or famine. He's been either really good or he just gets bombed. And you know, obviously, the Astros need good, good Framber. Oh, they need great friends. To show friendly. up today yeah. uh, at 3 o'clock. Because I don't know
1: if the – yeah, and maybe it was just because of Verlander, but I don't know if the bats for the Rangers have, were heated up either. Well, they, not really. They, it seemed like everybody was a little cold after the break.
0: Yeah, well, and right? Verlander, I thought, again, the pitching is about executing, right? You don't want to leave balls in the – you want to pitch on the corners. You want to pitch to spots. I thought Verlander did that really well. And even the the first run that they scored in the second inning was on a, you know, a ground ball through the right side that, that Evan Carter hustled to get a mm-hmm. double – and then another ground ball through the right side, not super hard hit, that ends up scoring that run. And then the worst pitch Verlander made last night was to Leote Tavares. He would kind of hung a, a breaking ball right over the middle of the plate, and he smoked it. Then um, he, you smoked know, it. hang him and bang him, as they say. <laughs> and uh, Tavares got a, got a got good one to hit. And this is where you give credit to Jordan Montgomery. He really didn't leave much over the heart of the plate. He didn't leave, you know, the Astros had to go hit his, his pitches. Yeah. And that's, that's executing your game plan. Hey, Rod, about uh, on our first hour here, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain here for the first time, get some Texas football chatter. Yeah. Longhorns off the bye week. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain?
1: Right, now I've, watched, you know, I've watched probably two, two U of H games already. I'll probably watch some more. But um, it's pretty obvious that U of H's strength is – their offense. Their defense is probably one of the worst defenses in the Big 12. I think scoring defense, they're last in the Big 12, I believe. Uh, pass defense, they're last in the Big 12. I think rush defense, they're like 10th in the Big 12. So <laughs> I, this game is either, if, if U of H is going to you know, try to pull the upset, it's either going to be, I think, kind of a shootout, and that's what U of H wants. U of H is no good. They want a shootout. They get to a shootout like they did against West Virginia, even turn West Virginia into a shootout team. That'd be great for them. Um is it gonna be a shootout or a blowout, in my opinion? I think Texas could blow them out. I think the, the line hasn't met a twenty almost a twenty-one point favorite. That could happen. Um I don't like that number. That's a huge number. But I could see it happening just because the defense of U of H is suspect. And Texas could pretty much want to say have their way, but they could decide game plan-wise, to either run it against U of H or to throw it against U of H. They can decide either way. We know Sark likes to throw to open up the run, though. Just because Sark has the easy route to run the football on a team and just run it down their throat, play ball control, that's not necessarily what what he's going to do. He'll do that at one point during the game, maybe for a stretch, but Sark wants to throw the ball, and Sark's going to throw the football and that, in my opinion, is you know where you know in this game you could see uh, some things with U of H because they they give up a lot of explosive plays and their DBs are just they're undersized too. They have smaller DBs. Not saying they don't cover well, but they're smaller DBs too. Um, and tackling you know the Texas wide receivers in space sometimes can be a problem. So I think Houston is going to look to try to make this a shootout. They are good on special teams and returns as well. Um, they already got two kick returns for touchdowns. They had one called back against West Virginia, and they had one for a touchdown versus West Virginia. So they're explosive, actually, in their return game, and they're explosive offensively. I like their wide receivers. And I talked to Jerry Hamilton, who uh, uh, looks at uh, all the different prospects, and obviously he's one of the best recruiting uh, analysts in the country. And I talked to him about the U of H wide receivers because watching them, I think that's their strength. Uh, the wide receivers they don't you know they don't worry me or anything, but I think they I think they'll be they're for, they're formidable. I think Texas uh, will have um, their hands full with the wide receivers. Joseph Manjack, uh, which is a USC great transfer, Exactly. Think about there you know keep that up. There you go, because he's from USC. He's a four star, so he's a guy that was highly recruited as well. Uh, Sam Brown is a really good player, also. Transfer West Virginia uh, from West Virginia. So I'm, I'm sure in the Dana Hogan move, uh, maybe he was one of those guys. Um, um, there's also uh, Matthew Golden, he is a uh, he's a wide receiver for them. He's just a speed guy, number two. You'll notice them, they, they try to get him the ball in space as much as possible. The guy can run. Uh, and it's Stefan Johnson Jr., who's Oklahoma State transfer. Uh, who was a good player uh, at at Oklahoma State uh, and then he transferred there and he works really well in their system they like their receivers. sometimes they' will go for a wide of course in that air raid system um, but those guys are legit and I talked to Jerry Hamilton he said oh those are three of those guys are four star receivers um in terms of their recruiting um, grades and how highly uh basically ranked they were as recruits and they end up transferring some of those guys end up transferring but um, Dana Hogerson knows how to weaponize his wide receivers really well in that air raid system. And Donovan Smith, who's been, we talked about quarterbacks being comfortable in a system. Uh, Donovan Smith play has played in that air raid system his entire college career. Um, it hadn't been a long college career, but he's been at Texas Tech and now here at U of H, so he's comfortable in that system too. And he can present some of the problems either Dylan Gabriel presented. They run the quarterback draw, they they run the quarterback in the, the, with design runs in the red zone. Um, so they like to use him in the red zone. Longhorn fans know he can be a power uh, quarterback run game as well. He can utilize that because he's a big guy. I think he's like 6'4". Um, he's huge. So they will, and I guarantee you have to watch in U of H, they'll probably try to run up-tempo as much as they can, and they'll probably try to run Donovan Smith uh, more than he usually does.
0: Yeah, and they should be fresh. I mean, they had one game, they, they had a week off, and then they had a Thursday game, so they will have extra time. Texas obviously coming off the bye, and it's it's kind of like, you know, how did the Longhorns execute the bye, right? Did they fix some of the issues, right? The red zone. Red zone. It's Defensive big. tackling, right, because they're going to stress you with those receivers you just mentioned and try to get players in space. Uh, they're not going to try to run the ball right at Texas. I mean, that's no. that's not a good idea. Um, you know, attack Texas where Oklahoma was able to attack them, which was on the perimeters, uh, giving the ball to to and and test this secondary to see if they can rally and tackle, uh, and and see if as you said create a shootout. That's exactly what what Houston would like to do in this game, create a higher scoring game because you're not going to win playing yeah. physical with Texas on the lines of scrimmage. I think that's pretty pretty fair. Also, I'd say for Houston, one of the biggest you know key off season things for them was the negative when that the, the running back Alton McCaskill. Transferred to Colorado.
1: Oh, that was he's a good player.
0: That was I mean that was their leading coming mm-hmm. out of spring. Right, he was going to be the bell cow running back, and all of a sudden yep. he decides he's going to go play for Deion Sanders, and they they have a freshman and Parker Jenkins is their their running back. So that hurt them uh, on the offensive side of the you ball. Right. Uh, Donovan Smith could could have used a, a, a sturdy running back like that. He's now playing at CU, so it'd be fun to analyze this game. It's the first meeting between the Cougars and the Longhorns since the early two thousands. The uh, first re engagement, and obviously the uh the first as conference members since they were back in the old Southwest conference. All right, behind the burn orange curtain all week long, we're to get you ready for Texas and Houston, and the other thoughts with the longhorns coming out of their bye week and sitting in the number eight. In the AP Top 25, Rod coming back. The uh, the what the facts segment, including somebody said, "Hey, did y'all decide on your bets regarding the AL champion ALCS." Yes, yes we did. We did, and, and we'll tell you those coming up. Low words. We'll do those in what the facts. And Rod uh, Ty's feeling good this morning. We're feeling mm. ee, one game to none, but it's a long <laughs> series. Long series. Got seven games. Got seven. Hopefully, we'll, we'll hook it up. Coming back.
1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook em up. 101.9 AM 1260.
0: The Horn. Time for What the Facts, including, yes, it is a fact. Rod and I have put uh, wagers on the line with Ty Henderson, our producer. Rangers-Astros, we're already in a 1-0 hole, Rod. If yeah, the, I'm a uh, nervous. If the Rangers lie. win the whole series, then go to the World Series, then I'm going to have to do the whole show in a full Texas Rangers uniform, including cleats, batting gloves, and the eye black. And then we're going to go over to the H E B and walk around looking like a fool, <laughs> full Texas Rangers uniform. I'm going to don one.
1: Oh,
0: uh, maybe great. even put on the jockstrap, Rod. I don't know. Mm. Nobody needs to know that. Now you have agreed to what if the Astros Come don't on. win this series?
1: Purchase a Rangers themed Lucha Libre mask, and I'm going to do the entire show. And the Lucha Libre mask, Lucha Libre. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the Nacho Libre mask. Yeah. And it looks like a wrestling mask. It's like the uh, yeah, that's the wrestling mask. And, and Ty,
0: have you agreed your if I the to give it to
1: Ty after I reward it to him so he can have it?
0: If the Astros rally to win four more games here, or a game would be nice at this
1: point. Please, uh,
0: but four games would you? Please. You're going to shave your beard? Is that right?
1: Yep. Shave Ooh. his beard. Now, that's a big deal for him. That's a huge deal for Ty. That's a lot of sacrifices And you're going to do something you've Not never great.
0: done before. You're going to do an, an in-the-mirror selfie with your new clean face, shaven face. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> Ty doesn't do the in-the-mirror the, 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 in the selfie thing does, they put out. Does
1: he have to post it on his dating apps? No. No. Okay, good. He uh, can. No, he shouldn't. Don't do that, Ty. But he can if he wants. Don't do that to yourself. But
0: you have to take your shirt off, do your beard, and flex. Okay. In the mirror. I don't know if flexing does much for me, but...
1: Where we posted this flex picture?
0: Uh, just to our website,
1: <laughs> just for the world to see.
0: Just like on on our Instagram, yeah, our, our our Twitters and that XX
1: thing. Hey man, the ladies might respond. Tie, you never know, man. You never know, you never know, bro. They like it. He might like it. You may like this freshly shaven tie, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen. We've him. never seen Ty. I've with, never seen his face.
0: And he says, oh, "What do you think? The you, beard. Why do you think you look so uh, so not good with the, without the the the." It, it just doesn't, doesn't look good. It just
1: doesn't it just look good. It just feels insecure without it. That's I, I
0: promise. I'm, no one has ever told me I look I look good with, without a beard. They say it look bad? Yes, it looks terrible. <laughs> I promise.
1: You've had women tell you that you're unattractive without the beard. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, right. I can't yes. It's, right. it's, it's it's not a good look. But it's, we're not going to you're not going to have to ever see it. No. Nah. Uh, okay. I Might have to score a run first. Hey man. I'm I'm not you know, I'm not talking trash. I'm not trust me.
0: <laughs> all right, so I'm
1: not, I'm not talking trash right now. All I'm right, just Jim, playing too well.
0: I've been saving. I've been bookmarking a lot of people on Twitter. Not nice. ready. Hey, just watch. Get the petty. receipts, Get baby. Petty. Get receipts. Petty. All right, I gotta mention this, Rod. What the facts? What, what the facts? facts? I mean, the facts started. I mean, all weekend long. So many facts from the weekend. Bunch of these. But so Stanford rallied from twenty nine nothing down to beat Colorado.
1: Yeah, man, That's wild.
0: And a wide receiver named Ellick, Aomaynor. Is that how we say it?
1: Manor? Oh, that's a good That's a good job. A-O-M-A-N-O-R? He's, oh, like that.
0: He's from Canada. He's from Canada. Medicine Hat, a. A. Alberta. A. A. Alberta. A. A. This is this is a crazy fact. This guy, if you went to bed when it was 29 to nothing, you probably hadn't heard of him because he had zero catches yeah, for zero cut. yards in the first half. By the end of the comeback, this dude had 13 catches for
1: 295 yards and three touchdowns. And they did they put... Did they put Hunter on him at yes. one point? They yes. put Travis Hunter on him. He he, and he owned just him. Did him dirty too? Just dropped his draft yes. stock. It's dropped. It's <laughs> just hurting his draft stock with every time. catch. And this but, other guy, Stock Rising. What year is this kid? He
0: is a uh, sophomore from Damn. Medicine Hat, Alberta. So now
1: he's got NFL film. Now NFL coaches are like, I got to do some deep dive Six, on 2, two Elak It sounds like A-O-Manor. a name out of Game of Thrones too. Elak I like that.
0: No, Rod. One half, 13 catches. Oh, is this him right here? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's okay. He, yeah. He poured away. Oh, he poured away on him. He away on
1: him. He was wow. a one
0: man gang. He had 300 receiving yards in one half.
1: They couldn't stop one dude. Dion, you're a corner. <laughs> yes. You're a, you were the greatest shutdown corner in the history of football. You couldn't figure out how to shut one dude down? Not for a half, on. they did. Come on, I or they true. didn't throw to him. They didn't throw to him. They didn't find him. I need to know if that guy went in at halftime and said, throw cool. me the damn ball. What are his stats during the year? Now I need to know his stats for the season. Is it his first game breaking out? Has he been balling like this before? Like, I got it. I got questions. I got questions for for Ellick. I think that's a fair question. And by the way, I like Ellick. I've, I've, ne- E-L-I-C, time, yeah. I've never heard of that name before. Have you ever, anybody ever known of an, an cool Elick? Name. Elick? Is it Ellick or Ellick? I think Ellick. I like it, though. Good for him. He made it sound cool because he was balling out of control. Uh, all right, how about I got a stat about that one? Um, going into Friday night, FBS teams down by 28 plus points at halftime were were o 200, and 248 since 2019, and now that was They're one and 248 one in 248, in 248 since right. 2019. Isn't that crazy? On a surprise first time ever
0: on a surprising Sunday in the NFL where the Niners and uh, Eagles both lost. I don't know how that happens. By the way, NFL so unpredictable to backup
1: quarterbacks. Backup, Unbelievable. One you said was a third string. Yeah, P.J. Walker, former XFL star. Get your backup quarterback right, man. You're going to need him. Yeah. So
0: the one thing that stood constant was that the Miami Dolphins offense is the best offense since the greatest show on turf. Maybe Mm -hmm. better. The 2023 Dolphins scored 40. They fell behind 14-0 to Carolina yesterday, Rod. They woke up and scored 42 points. The 2023 Dolphins joined the 1958 Colts. The only teams in NFL history to record 15 rushing touchdowns Come and 15 on. receiving touchdowns through their first six games.
1: Yeah, they got some freaky stuff going on.
0: Freaky, right? Yeah. So
1: that offense is.
0: Raheem wild. Mostert had a huge game yesterday. In for, of course, he's the starting running back now. That, uh, well, he usually shares carries with Devon Devon Hn Hn, and who's out now, hurt. But Mostert had a huge game. Jalen Waddle caught a touchdown pass. Dolphins are ridiculous offensively. Uh, can
1: I give you another Dolphin stats? Since you're talking about them, yeah. The Dolphins currently lead the NFL in total offense, 498.7 total yards per game. Um, if you go look at that, uh, that they are leading right now. Uh, the second, <laughs> the second ranked team in total offense by 103.7 yards oh. per game. It is the largest difference between the NFL's two first and second ranked total offenses in NFL history. They are far and away. The best offense in the league right now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The best offense
0: since the greatest show on turf, yeah, and that was Kurt that. Warner and Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt. Yeah, it's They're next level. F- this is the greatest show on surf. And they play the Eagles. They're from Miami, yeah, they do.
1: Coming up. And the Eagles secondary is not good. The Eagles way, the, secondary is... Mm, other side of the it's, offensive it's, coin,
0: Rod, the New York football Giants. Oh, no. Who lost to the Bills last night on Sunday Night Football in a oh no. rock fight, 14-9. to 9. Say it ain't so. Giants are the fourth team since 1950. To go six games of a season without an offensive touchdown in the first half—like
1: what is going on? He's like yelling at his team,
0: like as quarterback, like on the sideline. How do you go six full games without scoring a touchdown in a half?
1: Come on, man! Too Dolphins score
0: a touchdown every five minutes. Crying out loud! <laughs> All right, we're back. One hour down, five or uh, four to go. Hook them up.